Welcome to the Wedding Obsessed Podcast designed to help you plan your dream day. I'm your host, Adriana, and each week I'm joined by the wedding industry's top professionals, celebs, influencers, and friends who share tips, trends, advice, and mistakes they've made so you don't have to. This is the Prenup Podcast. You'll know today's guest as your friend Lindsay on TikTok or Lovely by Lindsay on Instagram. Not only is Lindsay a bridal hair and makeup artist, she's also a coach and educator which actually makes her somewhat of a bridal beauty expert. I started following Lindsay on TikTok a while ago and her videos of her doing updos are kind of like a meditation for me. And while I'm watching them, I'm also getting some great hair tips as well as seeing gorgeous, lovely brides and seeing some different hair and makeup trends, especially if you're getting married and you're looking for some hair tips, you definitely want to check her page out. Please welcome to the prenup podcast, Lindsay. Lindsay, we start every episode with what we call a cocktail hour and it's just for us to kind of catch up and get to know you. So what's going on in the wedding world, in your world? Did you have weddings that you did hair and makeup for last weekend? Oh yeah. So September and October are like a complete whirlwind. They're our busiest time of the year. Where are you located, Lindsay, by the way? Um, In Charlotte. In Charlotte. Right outside of Charlotte. Perfect. Perfect. North Carolina. Yeah. So, but we, we, we travel all over um, a lot of the East coast. And so I think September, October, we had like 25 weddings total. So it's just been... (laughs) <laughs> it's just a go time, but we we're used to the ebbs and flows. And so like, we just get into the crunch of, okay, family, I'll see you at Thanksgiving. So what about this upcoming weekend? Anything exciting? Any weddings going on? Yeah, I've got a wedding. Um, and luckily it's not too far away, maybe an hour um, from my house. So yeah, I've got one wedding this weekend, which is a, a nice little reprieve. We've had, I think we had three last weekend and six the weekend before. So Wonderful. It's a good little, we're winding down a little bit. It's it's such a an intense season and it's so exciting. It goes fast, but when you're in it, it's like, oh my gosh, it yes. feels like, you know, there's yeah anyone who, yeah. you know, is getting married or attends weddings, like they know that May, June, September, October, especially in the Northeast, the weather's nice. That's when yes. people want to get married. Yeah, and, and here we get, yeah, we get such good um, fall foliage. And I'm like pretty close to the mountains, so it's it's um, a prime time. Well, Lindsay, we have a lot to cover today because whenever I have a yes. guest come on the podcast, I put out, I promote them, and you know, I have my listeners ask questions on Instagram and TikTok. And when people saw that you were coming, they yeah. definitely had a lot of questions. So I am going to start with yes, yes, yes. I'm going to start with our first bride, Erin. Okay. So this is what Erin wrote. Okay. She said, I can't wait for this episode. I follow Lindsay since before I was engaged and would love to know if she has any advice. I've always had very fine hair on some portions of my head um, and my scalp is very visible. It's never really made me insecure, but now that I'm getting married, I keep thinking about styles and different angles of pictures highlighting my thin spots and it's giving me anxiety. I have two questions for Lindsay. One, are there any products you know of that thicken up thin hair or because it's genetic, is there not much that can be done? And question two, I want to wear my hair up for my wedding. Can you recommend styles or products that might help mask scalp thin? Thank you. Oh, I love that question. And it's something that we get, you know, faced with all the time. Um, so this bride, Erin is not alone. Um, so there's a couple of things 
to tackle there. So one, there are, yes, it's genetic. So it's good to keep a healthy level of expectations when you're looking at inspiration photos and just, you know, realize that that person may have a lot more hair than you and whatnot. But there's some things that she could do to help with that. Um, she can get those like colored hair fibers, um, something like Topic. There's a bunch of different brands now. Um, you can get them at Sally Beauty Supply. By fiber, do and you they're mean, like little it fibers. Like it's like a powder and it's like a fiber that kind of builds up a little bit. So you sprinkle it in or like sometimes they have little applicators okay. and you can pat it in and it just kind of thickens up that area and makes it seem like there's more hair than there is. Kind of like um, how mascaras color, have. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a tubing, you know, it's a little bit different, but you know, like a tubing mascara has these kind of fibers that tube around the individual lashes. So sure, sure, sure. kind of think of it that way where it just has these little fibers that, that kind of connect together and okay. thicken up the, the hair. Um, and getting a color that matches her will help fill in that, that's, you know, where you see the scalp, which is what she's mostly concerned about. Yeah. Um, that way, like when she's taking pictures and looking different angles, she's not going to have any kind of, you know, those sparse spots visible. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing would be depending on what hairstyle she's doing to really consider um, some sort of extensions. The most cost effective would be like clip in extensions and they have them. Um, she needs to look out for seamless because those are very thin um, and they're not really visible. Even in really thin hair, they you can you can work with them. Um, Do you have any brands then, that you like for the seamless uh, extensions? Yeah. Um, uh, Barefoot Blonde has mm -hmm. really great ones. Um, she could also do Bellamy. Um, there's there's quite a few. Cashmere. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, consider extensions or talk with her stylist about that. Um, and then for a hairstyle, I love to do I, – I call it a cool girl French twist. So, it's – I know it's the style from your social. And I love yeah, it. <laughs> oh yes, it's it's so. I I had a girl actually that had very fine thin hair, exactly what Erin is talking about, and we did a cool girl French twist on her, and it looked beautiful because you can take the ends of the hair and really give it some volume and kind of fake it a little bit. Um, yeah. So if she's open to something like that, that's a really good option. Otherwise, she could do a low bun, and you can use um, her stylist can use hair padding, and she puts it in the bun. And it kind of makes it seem fuller than it than it actually is. So, Love that. and sometimes you can still get it to look like an updo and look like you have a little bit more hair than you actually do. Amazing, amazing, and that's something that you know, even if you don't necessarily yeah. have thinning scalp yes. or hair, you know, anyone can really use. You yeah. said something I thought yes. was interesting. You probably see this a lot, but it sounds like Erin has like a very realistic outlook, but I'm sure a lot yes. of people you come across, they're like showing you a picture of Olivia Colpo, you know, and they're like, make me look like this. Yeah. And it's like, well, honey, you're gorgeous, but like yeah. different face shape, different eye shape, you know, it's yes. so I, how do you, oh, how do you kind absolutely. of deal with that? <laughs> Navigate. Yeah. We have to kind of, um, Set it. I, well, a couple of things. One, when we're actually in a consultation or working on site at a wedding, we we try to set expectations. And um, when you're looking at a photo, we have to pull out what is it that they like about that photo? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can see a beautiful girl 
and you're like, I want to look like that, but what is it about her? Cause you know, and is it, is it the eyeshadow color? Is it the color of the peach or the placement of something, you know, right. the face framing in a hairstyle? Like, so we try to pull that out so that yeah. we can help them visualize it on themselves. Sure. Um, and then with my clients in particular, and, and try, I try to do on social media as much as I can, like just kind of spreading those little tidbits of, of information to look at when you're looking at styles, like look at somebody, look at inspo photos of someone with the same color hair or the same eye shape or skin tone and things like that, just to help make expectations more realistic. Totally. Yeah. But it Even still happens. It happens all the time. You know, some face shapes aren't as flattering to certain hairstyles, you know, yeah. and, and that's yeah. just something you could be really yeah. attracted to a style or a makeup style, hairstyle. But I remember yes. when I was getting married, the finger wave was like the big thing. That's what everyone was doing at the uh -huh. time. And I did a trial and I looked like George Washington, like I looked so crazy with the finger weave. It's yeah. Like, it's nuts because everyone I see looks so beautiful. It just was not good on me. Not for you. Well, <laughs> and that's another thing is to, especially for brides doing the trial. Yes. And sometimes people get disappointed with a, with a trial thinking like, you know, they go in with one mindset and then they're like, actually, I don't like this on me at all. But that, yeah. the point of the trial is to like realize, Hey, maybe that's not for you, but let's try something else that that could be better. Totally. And I do want to get into that later too. So, well, I'm going to pin um, yes. trials for later because I have back. questions about that. Um, but our okay. next listener okay. question is from Nikki. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Nikki says, hi. Okay. So my stepmom is the best. I love her. And she's helping so much with my, with my wedding but she's driving me crazy when it comes to makeup. She's going back and forth whether she wants to have it done. She wants to look like herself and is afraid she'll look wrinkly and crazy. Those are her words. If she gets makeup done professionally, mm -hmm. <laughs> I want her to have it done because she doesn't usually wear makeup, AKA she has no idea what she's doing. I also don't want her to regret looking at pics and seeing everyone else glams out while she looks plain but I also want her to feel comfortable. Advice? Oh, yes. We we get this a lot too. Um, here's my here's my piece of advice would be it depends on your your makeup artist that you have selected. Um, is their style, you know, cuz there's there's different styles of makeup. One is more like full glam, um, a little bit more like stage or pageant where it's it's, you know, you that's where you see those really big transformations in photos before and afters. Yeah. Or is it somebody who has a little bit more of a natural style, um, a softer makeup look, just more enhancing the, their, you know, natural features? Um, so if your artist, there's no wrong answer, but if your artist is um, one that's more of a full glam, I would probably opt out of forcing your mom because she or stepmom, she's going to, she's going to be second guessing it and feeling like, um, you know, it's, it's too much and it's too much of a difference from what she's used to seeing. Yeah. That would be my personal opinion. And, and you don't want to force somebody to get makeup and it's just kind of like, it's a, a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of, you know, her just not feeling good about herself. Um, and that's okay. Like she can do what she feels comfortable with and, and she'll like, she'll feel better and she'll exude that more than if she's being self-conscious. Yeah. Um, but if you're, if your artist is a little bit more natural, 
just have her express that to the artist and say like, I, I barely wear any makeup. I don't want to, to feel heavy. Can you just, you know, enhance my natural features and just even out the skin tone, you know, that sort of stuff. And she'll be more comfortable with that. Totally. Yeah. That's such good advice. I can, I can only imagine Nikki's stepmom is, you know, of a certain age. I mean, she has to be, you know, 40 at least, unless she's, you know, Meredith Blake from The Parent Trap. But she (laughs) probably has more mature skin, like as we all do as we get older, you know, our skin starts to to drop and crease a little bit more easily. So I think that's a worry, at least that I see a lot with mothers of the bride. Like, am I, are my creases going to show? And and I get it too. Like I can barely put concealer on because I crease so much. And, you know, I'm sure, yeah. like, do you have any advice for that? Like, what's a, what's a good way to maybe prevent something like that from happening? Well, okay. The, well, there's, there's some things. It's important to remember that, like, we, it's skin. We have natural texture and we have sure. wrinkles and makeup isn't going to just make that disappear. Um, you know, there's definitely techniques or products you could use to make him less accentuated. Okay. Um, but in terms of like creasing under the eyes, um, hydration is really important. Just making sure that they're prepped properly. Um, and usually the rule of thumb is, is kind of less is more. So thinking of color correction, if you need that less concealer, so color correction will help kind of even out the skin tone and, and reduce dark circles and things like that, which is what I think a lot of people think they need concealer for, right? It's sure. To like fix that that color there. So you can, and usually you'll get color like right, you know, under the eye in that little kind of crevice um, by the nose bridge. So you can color correct right there where you don't, typically you don't have is, or see as many wrinkles there. Right. Um, and if you can do that, you can kind of just do a very sheer layer of a concealer over where it's not building up into those creases. Yeah. And you don't have to, layer on a ton of like powder and things like that. You can do a very, very fine milled powder to set it all. Um, so there's definitely things that, that, you know, can help with that. Um, but you don't have to feel like you have to lay, layer it on to get the look that you, that you're going for. Right. Especially for someone who doesn't wear makeup very often, it can be like quite a shock. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, Last question. We'll do three today. Um, this one is from Leah. Yes. Okay. Hi, Adriana. I'm getting married this summer. I'm thrilled, but have one big issue. I have pretty great hair. Doesn't sound like a huge issue to me yet. <laughs> it's long, strong, yes, good. thick. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. It's long, strong, thick. I definitely want to wear my hair down at our wedding in Florida in July. Can you please ask Lindsay about products she can recommend to avoid frizzy hair in humidity? So we have kind of like an opposite of Erin here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so frizz and humidity. There's a couple of things to tackle there. Um, I, I would say just in general, making sure that your hair is really hydrated leading up to the event day because when you have frizz and you go out into or dry hair and you go out into humidity, it just wants to suck in all that moisture. And that's where your hair gets bigger. Um, so if you're able to use like a, um, I, uh, there's a hair mask that I like to recommend. It's, um, like a bond 
intensive repair leave-in mask. Um, it's by um, Alterna and it's in their caviar line. And I think you can get it at Ulta, but that's good to do once a week leading up to the wedding. Um, and then also doing a leave-in conditioner, just, uh, you know, every time you dry your hair or before you dry your hair, Moroccan oil is my favorite because it's lightweight and it's kind of like, think of like lotion for your hair. So spraying that into the ends, making sure it's, it's, um, getting that moisture locked in. Um, and then using a mousse that will help protect against humidity and, um, protect against heat damage and all that kind of stuff. Redken has a great one. Um, and so that doing those things prior leading up and the day before the wedding um will help a little bit with that frizziness. Okay. Okay, so it's more about like the prep yeah. work beforehand than even, yeah. you know, something to spray yes. on your hair. Yeah, and her stylist should have I mean there's other things that she can use like throughout styling, um some anti-humidity sprays and smoothing creams and things like that just depending on what style she's going for. But sure. as far as her efforts in helping would that would be a really good place to start. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And just as an aside, Lindsay, I mean, if anyone's watching, they'll say, but for anyone listening, you have some of the most beautiful hair I've ever seen. It's it looks uh, like it's very oh thick. My gosh, thank you. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you're it's your yeah. livelihood too, which is also amazing. You know, you're like a great model yeah. for yourself. <laughs> but do you do you yes. color your Marketing hair all like the time? <laughs> exactly. So do you, yeah. what, what do you do for your hair? Cause it is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. So, um, I only have responses that usually make people mad. <laughs> I don't color my hair. It's all my own. <laughs> oh my God. That's um, your natural so color. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Why would you ever color it? It's gorgeous. Yeah. I will hold out as long as I can. But yeah. I I don't wash my hair a lot. Like I wash it once a week. Um, and I try to just do things to protect it, like using a heat protectant, making sure it's moisturized, using hair oil, I sleep on a silk pillowcase. I sleep with my hair up in a silk um, scrunchie. I actually have just, I've been getting um, more friction like underneath my hair, you know, when you okay. up. So I actually just got a bonnet to start sleeping in. So bonnets are good for everyone. Um, and you can protect it while you're sleeping. Cause when you think about it, you know, you're rubbing on a sheet all night sure. long. Um, sure. So that, that's kind of my, my method of just kind of preventing. Yes. And it's a good note to, to brides, you know, you want to prep that hair, make a nice base for your stylist on the yes, day of. Exactly. So Lindsay, you don't just do brides, you do bridal parties as well, which, you know, we're all very familiar with. Yes. And a lot of times we'll hear, I don't want to call them complaints, but they'll have some issues maybe with things that they're dealing with. And maybe we can give some insight yeah. to them on how to deal with that or how to prep for that. So yeah. Um, you know, in my time planning, as well as being a bridesmaid, I hear uh -huh. uh, probably almost every wedding from at least one bridesmaid, my hair doesn't hold a curl. What, mm -hmm. what do you do mm -hmm. for someone whose hair just <laughs> will not hold a curl? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good question. And, and it's kind of, um, I'll say it's, it's the bridal or, you know, the bridesmaids res responsibility, but also the stylist's responsibility to kind of figure out like 
the root cause because sometimes there is just hair that does not want to hold a curl. Like, and there's so many tricks and stuff that you can do and it's just not going to work with you. And if that, if you know that that is your hair, don't ask for all hair down curls. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, yes, put it up. thank you. Cause it, it's just going to drop and you're not going to be happy. Just yeah. put it up and, um, be honest with yourself. So there are girls that, that say their hair doesn't hold a curl, but it's just maybe because they haven't done some techniques before themselves and they can't get their hair to hold a curl when in actuality okay. it really can. Okay. Um, so things like priming, I, I send my brides this list and I ask them to send it out to all of their bridal party. So hopefully they do it as well. Um, but um, priming their hair with a mousse, like I mentioned before, that is a, a really great primer for the hair to help hold a curl. So using something like the, like a Redken, um, like volumizing mousse is really great. Um, and then the, and then the rest is kind of up to the stylist to do, making sure she's holding the iron in long enough, making sure it's cooling long enough and, you know, using the right products and that sort of stuff. So that's kind of out of the bridesmaid's hands at that point, but using that mousse will, will make a big difference. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I never think about mousse either. Yeah. I mean, you know, personally my hair yeah. does hold a curl. So I, it'll, it's so porous. It'll like do whatever you want to it, but yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's important for, for people to know this because this isn't a stylist who's been doing your hair for a while. You haven't even had a trial with them and you need to right. know your own yes, hair. They don't know your hair. Exactly. So you need yeah. to familiarize yourself with your hair type and you could be doing your hair your whole life and really just not know anything about it, which is the crazy part. And it's a lot yeah. of people fall in that camp. Yeah. A lot of people think that they need to add more and more hairspray to help something hold. Yeah. And that's actually not what you want to do because it will actually weigh down the hair and mm. make it fall faster. So be a little lighter on the hairspray. Yeah. It makes sense. The more product, the more weight and, you know, it's just going to pull things yeah. down. So just a light spritz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Another thing that I hear a lot, my eyelashes are lifting, meaning falsies. So a lot of times mm. you'll see mm -hmm. like in either yeah. corner, we're getting some lift the here. Corner. So, yeah. yeah. So any recommendations for that? Yeah. Um, well, hopefully it doesn't happen, but if it does, you know, if, uh, there's a couple things, one thing tearing up and letting the tear sit there in your inner duct is going to disturb that glue, that adhesive. So catching the tear with a tissue before mm. you let it pool. That will be a good kind of prevention. Otherwise have some lash glue on hand yeah. on the day of, mm -hmm. um, it's not a bad idea just to keep in kind of, you know, like your little emergency kit, bridal emergency kit. Sure. Um, you could use something like, um, duo glue has a clear black and get clear. Don't get black. Um, has a clear lash glue, um, in a tube so that you could, you know, if, if it happened to multiple people or something, or you needed to share it, it's sanitary. You can just put it on the, the end of a um, tweezer even, okay. and just try to get that inner corner with the, the glue on the tweezer. Um, if it's just for yourself, the, um, kiss has a lash glue in a felt tip pin, you know, those felt tip eyeliners. Yeah. It looks just yes. like that but it's glue and you can get it in clear. Um, but I would not share that with people. That's just for you because you're putting it on 
your eyelashes. Um, sure. But yeah, you could use that to just reapply some glue and stick it back on. Okay, amazing. And then, you know, do you think that's the best applicator, like a tweezer? Just, you know, it's it's pretty versatile. You carry it with you, you know, if you see it astray or yeah. you need to pop those eyelashes yeah. back on. Yeah, I think so. Because you can use the end, like the back end of the tweezer, not the actual opening part. And you can just dip that into the glue and dab it where you need it and then just press the lash back down. You don't have to take the lash completely off. Okay. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times, yeah. you know, yeah. if you take your lashes off at the end of the night, you'll see you have that kind of strip of dried glue. And if that builds up, that's yes. like not something that you want to keep yeah. applying glue on, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And it'll disturb the, you know, if you have any eyeliner and eyeshadow, sure. all that kind of stuff. So it's better just just leave it on and use that end of the glue and just put it where you need it. Love it. The back of the tweezer. Okay. Learn something new yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah. There so you go. <laughs> another thing I hear a lot is how should I prep my face? What should I do? So a lot of people wonder whether they should put moisturizer on, do their regular routine, do a primer. So so in your expert opinion, what what should we be doing with our faces yeah. before we get our makeup done? Yeah, so I kind of have two responses to that. Um one is just just prepping for that day, like what do I, how do I arrive? Um, I say clean face. They can do their normal skincare um, if they want. Their makeup artist may do some additional, um, you know, things uh, before they start doing the makeup. So definitely clean face though, making sure there's no leftover eyeliner and mascara from the night before. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And Either show up totally bare face and tell their artist that or go ahead and do your normal skincare routine and show up um, with that um, and your artist will take it from there. But in terms of like, uh, especially a bride prepping for the big day, sure. Um, yeah, I always like to recommend, uh, yeah, well, I always like to recommend not, not starting a new intense routine with like 20 steps because your face is going to most likely it'll have some reaction to that. Um, so keeping it simple, don't get overwhelmed with things, keeping it simple. And a lot of people kind of forget about three basic things that are really important, um, hydrating, sleeping, and, you know, just kind of watching what you eat with the sugary and oily fatty foods leading sure. up to. So, um, and then with the actual products, just keeping it simple, like, you know, do a gentle cleanser in the morning. You can do a toner, you can do one active. You know, a lot of people start to get crazy, like trying to um, target all these different concerns and do a lot, which yeah. can backfire and kind of harm your your skin barrier. Sure. So focus on one thing that you want to work on, whether that's, you know, spot treatment for acne or dryness or something like that, and then do a, um, a moisturizer and your sunscreen. So that would be like AM and then PM, do a double cleanser because a lot of people don't realize what you don't get off in just one cleanse. Yeah. So breaking down the makeup with either like a balm or oil, if you have drier skin, you could do um, this uh, something a little bit lighter. If you have oily skin, like a cream cleanser, Okay. Um, doing that first and then do your gentle cleanser. And then again, just stick with one thing that you're trying to like one active you're trying to target, like just retinol. 
and then continue on with like your moisturizer and things like that. Yeah. Um, just don't try to do too much at once. Sure. Uh, so, so yes, um, I have been doing this a long time and I, a hundred percent of my brides book without doing a trial. Okay. Um, and they, because it is first come first serve on the dates. And so if you wait for a trial, you know, scheduling a trial, there's a lot of reasons. If you wait till scheduling a trial and then you go and book, like your date may be taken in that time. Um, because we can't hold dates without a deposit and, you know, and, and holding that date and turning down other weddings for it. Um, the other thing is like, I don't, I don't recommend doing a trial that early and before your wedding, because there's a lot of things that can change between what you're wanting. If you do a trial then versus I usually do trials one to two months before the wedding. Um, you, if you're, if you're booking out a year and you try to do a trial before you book your artist, um, you know, maybe you don't have your dress picked out. Maybe you don't know, um, the weather during that trial may be different from when you're actually having your wedding and that affects, you know, what your hair is going to look like. Um, your color may be different, you know, hair color, maybe the length may be different. There's all sorts of reasons. So, um, aside from not doing a trial too early, um, you just, you may lose out on the date. So it's really important to focus on looking at their portfolio um, and their reviews. Because if you like what you see in multiple, not just one photo of their work, but you like a lot of what you see in their portfolios and you read their reviews, then you should feel confident, you know, booking them um, and holding that today and just kind of maybe risking the deposit. But I'll say 100% of our brides book without doing a trial and then. We don't see them until we do the trial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, maybe yeah. the the worry for someone with a little bit more problematic hair, I should say, you know, depending on who you are, that looks different. Yeah. But it's like, what if I what if I hate it? So I'm sure this doesn't happen to you because you do yeah. anyone who follows you knows like you just do impeccable, oh, perfect hair. Thank you. But if someone didn't love their trial and they're about a month from their wedding. What, what would you recommend yeah. to them? Yeah. So my advice, and I, because I get brides who freak out, they've had a trial and they didn't like it. And they come to me saying, is there any way you can squeeze me in or get a team member to help me, whatever. So it definitely happens. But I always say, have you given feedback to your artist or your stylist? Because I, I think brides get so scared that they're going to hurt their feelings or whatever, but we, we're not mind readers. And sometimes there's just a miscommunication um, and there just needs to be a little bit more clarity. So having an open communication with your artist and saying, you know, and, and pinpointing exactly what it is that you didn't like, for example, um, you know, with, with a hairstyle, the, the curl, maybe you wanted glam waves and you got ringlets or whatever, you know, like, if you're if you're wanting something specific, first of all, make sure your your stylist that you're looking at hiring has proof of that type of style in their portfolio. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see a single glam wave on their page and you want glam waves, maybe that stylist is not the person to hire for that. Right. Um, so you're kind of setting up yourself for success rather than like crossing your fingers and hoping it works and then maybe being disappointed. Um, but so if you've done that, you know, just that open line of communication. I mean, I've definitely had a bride once who during a trial, I would ask specific questions 
and this was more with makeup, um, asking like about liner. Do you like black liner or brown liner? Do you like a wing? Do you like it thin or fit? You know, asking those questions in a trial, the artist should be doing. Um, and that bride said, gave her response, whatever it was. No, I don't like this. Yes, I do like this. And I would do exactly what she asked. And she went home and thought about it and tweaked it. And in fact, she did want what I asked in the first place, but she thought she didn't. So right. that was just her realizing that she didn't know what it was going to look like on herself. And she needed that time to be like, oh, actually, I do want a wing or whatever it is. And she told me about it. And I was able to make that note and correct it or do another trial and yeah. correct it. You know, we're human too. And we're not mind readers. And we just need that communication um, to, to see and give us an opportunity to maybe make it right. Yeah, definitely. I think so before also, firing your person, maybe check check that. <laughs> yes. And people are a lot of people are people pleasers and they are. Like you said, they're worried about hurting feelings or being annoying. I hear that a lot. Well, I don't want to be annoying. Yes. I don't want to be a nuisance. Yeah. It's like but the more information, yeah. and this is especially true of aesthetics, I'm sure. The more information, yeah. the better. You just you have to know what I yeah. I typically don't you know, like my eyebrows overfilled or this or that, like, even if someone yes. wasn't planning I, on doing that, at least they know now that that's not what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a professional, we may see something on your face or a feature or a technique that we think would look very flattering on you Yeah, and would look beautiful, but you may not like that. And that's okay. That's just a difference of, of opinion. But if we don't know that, you know, as the artists, we're just going to do what we think would look really great <laughs> for you. Totally. Um, so just, yeah, just being open. Yeah, definitely. So there, that's for, you know, brides who are, are booking hair or makeup artists. And that is always my yes. recommendation. Whenever anyone asks, <clears throat> you know, I, I tell them as with everything, go to a professional that, especially on your wedding day, you don't want to worry about yeah. it. But there are a brave few yeah. who do venture to do their own hair and makeup. And, you know, I'm sure yeah. there's so many resources now. Like your page is such an amazing resource. There's YouTube tutorials and such. But for someone who's maybe venturing yeah. their own makeup, a trend right now, you know, you see yeah. everyone looks very glowy and angelic. So how do you maybe not cross the line of looking greasy if you're going for a glowy look when a bride is doing her own makeup? Yeah. Um, so that would depend on um, knowing your skin type. Um, so for me, I have oily skin and it's very easy to go from like initially looking glowy to greasy. Um, so, but either way, there's a couple of things. One would be using an illuminating primer. So it kind of gives you like a glow from within. That's a good place to start. Um, I like the, <clears throat> the Laura Mercier has a good illuminating one. Um, Mac has a strobe, it's called like strobe, strobing, strobe light <laughs> primer. I can't think of it, but Mac okay. is a good one. I love using on my clients. Um, love. so that's kind of that glow from within. Um, and then using, if you are on the oily side, using an, um, a mattifying or an oil controlling primer in the T-zone specifically so that you can kind of counteract that, that greasy look. Um, and then you really only want to focus on making the glowy parts of your face 
in certain areas. You don't want to do it all over. You want to focus on like the high points of your cheekbones. Um, you could do obviously like the inner corner of your eyes, under the brow bone, the tip of your nose. You can do like the top of your your lip or the, the cupid's bow is what we call that. Um, if you, sometimes people like a little bit of a glow right above their, the tail of their eyebrow and that's really pretty. So just kind of, you know, making those very specific targeted areas of glow and not the whole face. Okay. Oh, and the chest glow is obviously very, very big in right now. I love like a little clavicle, you know. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Uh Me too. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it it does. It like, I don't know. I just started seeing it, I guess in the past five years, really that like glow down here, but it always looks so like, makes it really pop. Looks really sexy. I love it. Yeah. And this is more a general question because this is going to depend on your hair type and what you're doing. But for anyone who is doing their own hair for their wedding, do you have any just kind of broad recommendations for them? Um, yeah. I mean, for either hair or makeup is practice, practice, practice before you do it. Cause you do not want to be stressed out on your wedding day and just think you're going to wing it. So practice and have it, you know, like muscle memory sort of, um, totally. And yeah. And for hair, I think it really just depends on the style that you're going for. Like, obviously there's some styles that are just really hard to do on yourself. So if you're doing your own hair, um, just picking something that you, that is attainable and that you'd be happy with. Um, yes. Yeah. Keep it simple. If you're not a professional. Yeah. Even for yeah, a professional, for sure. you know, I've, I've had brides who are professional makeup or makeup and hair artists and they don't do their own hair yeah. on their wedding day. They had someone else do it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot yeah. of pressure and I yeah. think people don't realize how fast that morning goes. And, you know, if something goes slightly awry or there's an issue that needs to be dealt with that maybe that has nothing to do with hair or makeup, then yeah. you need to be available for that. But your hair also needs to get done. So right. my advice for anyone, yeah. as long as it's in their budget, if they were planning to do their hair on their own, my advice yeah. would be to not do that. Just change your mind, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And and just to punt off of that, um, one thing for brides to keep in mind with, because um, I know a lot of times like you know, it's not always feasible for the bride to pay for everybody. Um, or maybe the bridesmaids don't have it in their budget to get both things done. But sometimes I'll see girls who do their own. It's more with hair, I think, do their own hair. And it's a big difference when you're, they're all lined up in a photo. You can really pick out who did their own hair. Um, just because there's, you know, that's not their, that's not what they do. And it, you can really tell. So I would say if somebody does their own hair to maybe just for the bride to just maybe suggest like down and loose curls or something that's really simple, like don't try to do like a braid, you know, and it doesn't, it clearly doesn't look like a professional did the braid. Um, And then you have bobby pins showing on the side, crisscrossing, something like that. Because I don't know, it messes up the aesthetic of the whole look and you're like, oh, that that one sticks out. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And you know, like you said, everyone's, everyone's budget is different. So it is, it's nice to be able to give people yeah. the options, but something that I am, I stand by all the time, 
there's so many gifts that you can give your bridesmaids, you know, morning of or yeah. like for proposals. Yeah. But I always say like, give them what they really want and give them either their hair and or makeup or money toward it because you're yeah. going to want them to have it yes. done. They're going to want to yeah. have it done. But if it's not in budget, then- It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Totally. I'm so, with you. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. So Lindsay, there are some myths when it comes to hair and makeup and maybe some are true, maybe some are false, but I want to go through them with you and uh, see if we're debunking yeah. them or confirming them. So when I was in high school, I don't want to say how many years ago and age myself, but yeah. <laughs> whenever we were going to a dance or something, it was always, you know, you want to have your hair dirty when you go. Um, so that the stylist, you know, mm -hmm. can, can play within its Bible. Is that a myth or is that a truth? Have your hair dirty before you get it done. Okay. I say a hundred percent. It's a myth. Oh. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could actually go on and on about that topic because, um, like you said, there was a time when maybe that was a little bit, uh, more ideal, um, different, you know, styles were more like sleek back and sure. I know there are some of those styles now, but anyways, products have come a long way. We didn't maybe have the products back then that we do now. So we, things to think about is you cannot create, no matter how much you try, you cannot create the desired volume on dirty hair that's weighed down with product and oil. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have the products that we need as the professional to make your hair, the texture that we need for the specific style that you're going for. So always clean hair. And even if you swear my hair does better than the day after I get that. And that's great for you. And when you're doing your hair, but the sure. stylist can add stuff to make it what they need for that style, because we've um, found out the hard way that people have different ideas of what dirty hair is. And we get really dirty hair. Um, and it's, you know, yeah, it's not great. Um, it's really, I can only I imagine. Like, yeah. I have some horror stories and I, yeah. So clean, clean hair. And I, honestly, I think a lot of people, and I try to talk about this a lot too, don't know how to clean their hair and that's, they just were never taught or, you know, don't realize, um, but you need to wash your hair it, when you're in the shower, you need to wash it with shampoo multiple times at least two times, two times is the minimum to yeah. really break up that oil and product and get the scalp clean um, before you move on to conditioner and stuff like that. So clean hair, please. Clean hair. You know, it's interesting that you say about mm -hmm. the double wash because I heard someone yeah. recently talking about scalp health and she said, there's so many misconceptions about washing your hair because people are worried they're going to dry their hair out, but your scalp is an extension of your face. Right. So what you're doing to your face, you need to do yeah. your, to your scalp. You need to clean it, exfoliate it, hydrate it. And, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's true. Like you really need yeah. to. And yeah. And even for people like me who I don't wash my hair every day. Um, but when I wash it, I wash it multiple times a day and I still, I, I brush my scalp and with a, a boar bristle brush that helps kind of remove, um, any blockage product blockage and it helps distribute the oil throughout the hair. Sure. Um, so definitely cleaning the scalp and when you're shampooing, you really want to focus on the scalp, not necessarily the whole length. Um, shampoo it, it wants to focus on the scalp and conditioner wants to focus on the lengths of the hair. Sure. So just kind of 
remembering that is helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you don't need to lather through like when you were a kid in the bathtub and like put soap all through your hair. Yeah, pile it all up high. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like it rolls off. The Uh next myth or fact, depending on what you say, brides should have their makeup done before their hair. Myth or fact? Um, I think that that's a fact. I would, okay. I would probably agree with that because um, the photographers usually like to come in kind of at the tail end of when you're all getting ready. And I like to have the bride's makeup done then and be working on the hair mm-hmm. um, because then when they're getting these candid, getting ready photos, your, your face is done and you feel, you know, feel better. <laughs> sure. So is there any way to, that yeah. you like to protect the face if we're using, you know, some different sprays and things on the hair or just well, kind of keep it. I mean, the hair, yeah, no, the sprays, the sprays are going to be f- focused and targeted. I mean, sure, there's some d- that gets dispersed out in the air, but it's not going to do anything to affect the makeup. Um, and then, of course, you can get, usually they'll do last minute makeup touch ups and kind of like, um, you fake photos of getting ready, doing your lipstick and stuff like that. So anything could be touched up then. But also once, like if you do the hair first and then do the makeup, once you've got this beautiful face framing or whatever done, and then you have to go and clip it back to do the makeup, it disturbs what you just did. So sure. You know, for, for the bride in particular. Now, sometimes it's, um, if an artist does both hair and makeup, um, like with the bridesmaids, it's just kind of a flow. What, what they're, um, you know, artistically feeling into if they want to do hair or makeup first, but for the bride, I would say to do the makeup first and then hair second. Okay. Makeup first, hair second. Got it. And then myth number three, and I have a very curly, frizzy hair and was always told, make sure you get, you know, a good blowout or give yourself a good blowout before you have your hair done. So Myth or fact, curly hair should be blown straight before getting it done. Yeah. And for like the bridesmaids too, if they have curly hair and want a specific style, they if they want a more smooth style, they need to have it blown out as well. Sure. So, you know, it's it's easy when it's easier when it's a bride because, you know, they're in kind of direct communication. But if let's say, God, you know, yes. bridesmaid or someone is a curly hair person, they're planning to wear it curly, should they communicate that to the stylist beforehand so they kind of know what they're getting involved with because curls get, I mean, they cannot and they can be a little bit more complicated. Yeah. And, and we've definitely, we get our fair share of curly hair bridesmaids. Um, and I think if, if they know that they want to use their textured and they've prepped it before coming, um, meaning that they've gotten all the tangles out, they've hydrated it, they've used their creams and whatever, then then that's fine. And then we can just go in and do the styling. Um, but if they, yeah, if they wanted something, you know, having an idea of what their end goal style would be um, and just making sure that their bridesmaids know if they want this type of a style, you know, determine if you need it curly or blown out. Amazing. Okay. Yes. And it just goes back to that communication and, you know, knowing your hair, all that. So Lindsay, before we (laughs) conclude every episode, we end with an after party and those are just kind of fun Uh questions. Um, they don't necessarily have to do with hair and makeup, but they can too. So are you ready for our after party? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. So question number one, what is your top recommended honeymoon destination? Oh, that's um, a hard one. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to recommend this because it's what I did and it was amazing. <laughs> um, yes. Kauai oh. in Hawaii. Isn't it so good? It is so I still beautiful. dream about it. We both do. And yeah, it's, it's the Where did you stay when you were ideal there? paradise. We stayed it, at the St. Regis. Oh, it's beautiful. Fabulous. Yeah. We're like, we're, this is our honeymoon. We're, we're doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do it up big. You have to. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Question number yeah. two. What is your dream wedding cake flavor? Um, this would be almond. Ooh. I love almond flavor. And I had a layer of that at my wedding and I just, I love that flavor. Yeah. It is delicious. I love like an almond cookie or now I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What about a song that you need to hear at a wedding? Oh, um, okay. I kind of want to do two. One, I'll do a fun. A fun one would be something like Footloose. Oh, it's just yes. a classic, make you move, make you feel good. So good. Um, and then I always like to hear like a romantic, you know, because other people who maybe are married brings them back to their or kind of envision their own wedding too. Um, but I really love "Marry Me" by Train. Oh yeah, that's one of my best friend's wedding yeah. songs. So I always think of her yeah. whenever I hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. cute. It's just like a, it's just like it's your, it's somebody's wedding. You're there, maybe there with your spouse or your partner, or whatever. And it's just a, yeah. a fun wedding song. Love it. Sweet, very sweet. And last yeah. question for you, Lindsay. If you could impart one piece of wisdom to any couple getting married, what would it be? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Um, this would be to, you know, there's a lot of opinions when you're getting married on everything. Oh, yeah. So remember that this, who it's for, remember that this is for you and your partner and do what makes you guys happy. Quit trying to please everybody else. I, I mean, I get it. You know, sometimes there's like, um, maybe people are helping contribute with money and things like that. And you feel like obligated to, to take their opinions or do what they want, but it's not their wedding. It's your wedding and it's what you're going to remember. Um, so do what makes you happy. Absolutely. It's such good advice. You can't please everyone, but you yeah. can please yourself. So <laughs> do yes. that and your yes. spouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. <laughs> Lindsay, this was so informative and so fun to chat with you. Before I let you go, tell listeners where they can find yes. you, how they can get in contact with you. Maybe if they want to book you, would they be able to do that? Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm always on Instagram at lovely by Lindsay and it's Lindsay with an E, E-Y. Um, lovely by Lindsay. And then my TikTok is your friend, Lindsay. Um, and then my website is lovelybylindsay.com. Um, on there is the let's chat page and that's always a great place to send in any inquiries, but yeah, I'm always around. Amazing. And I'll have everywhere links in the show notes where people yeah. can find you. Perfect. This was so fun. Thank you again Great. for doing this with me. I really oh, appreciate yes. it. Oh no. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so great. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Please like review, rate, subscribe, follow whatever the things are. It's really, really helpful. If you do support us, there's something in it for you too. You'll have the opportunity to win a free prenup bridal prep planner. We give one away every month. I have the directions on how to do that below, so make sure you check that out. 
Thank you again for listening. Happy planning. See you next Wednesday.